Aloha. Aloha. I'm Ash. And I'm Matt, and we are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to the Inner Work Podcast. Yes, welcome back to this exciting episode. Today is going to be out something we're currently going through right now, real time. You know, these last few weeks, we have been going through a huge transition, and um, transitions change bring up a lot of fear. fear, you know, and this particular transition has everything to do with money, right? <laughs> Which makes it even more... I'm sure nobody listening can relate to Right. Oh, that. yeah. We don't have to ever worry about that. So, <laughs> so you know, this is, this is currently happening, you know, um, we are going through this transition in our finances and um, me as a day trader, we'll kind of lead right into this story, is... is as a day trader in the stock market, um, if any of you know anything about the stock market recently, there was a lot of you know um, crazy things happening, and it, they called a correction where you know the stocks kind of take a big dive. And point is, I've made some really poor choices during that time, and my greed and uh, you know other silly things that I you know kind of played into got in the way, and I lost a lot of my money. I lost we you know woke up one large day. Por- portion of my portfolio, like yeah. almost half of it. Yeah, we woke up. That's one not day okay. And fifty percent of our <laughs> account is, was gone. That is that is really bad trading on my part. And so that was you know I ha- I've had to go through so much looking at you know the arrogance and the how did that happen to me and that's like a whole other thing. But the point is is that it it really was a huge humility check. And then on top of that. You know, a couple of weeks later, Ashley, um, it, you know, has a huge change taking place in her career. And there's this, you know, expectation that you have in life of like, oh, this money will keep coming or this will keep working. And suddenly life says, mm, yeah, so we're going to we're going to change that about two days ago. No, this was yesterday. Yesterday. So yesterday I basically found out that a certain amount of money that we were used to making we're not going change. to be making yeah. anymore and about 80% of it is going to be not coming in anymore, which is a Something huge like, loss. So, yeah, like 75%, uh, crazy. So two weeks ago, we woke up one day and 50% of our account was gone from trading. So it would basically be like if you guys had a big savings account or like even a big checking account and then you just woke up and checked your account <laughs> one day and half of it was gone. gone. Okay, so like, that happened. Yeah. yeah, and there was nothing we can do about it. It just was what it was. Mm-hmm. And now, yesterday, I just found out Something yeah. that we've been kind of relying on to hold us over while we had just had this huge money loss. That's also going to be gone. Right. <laughs> so um, so that's where we're, we're at right now. So we're just being super transparent with you guys because um, sometimes when people are talking about certain lessons and teachings, it's hard because you're like, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me because my life is worse or my situation mm. is worse or they don't understand because their life is perfect. And oh. um, that is not the truth. <laughs> so, right. um, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always, you know, we, you know, there's always someone who might have it worse. We understand that. But the point is, is like, it's a big deal. Like yeah. we're going through a really scary transition. And, and- we want to make this, record this podcast right now because as we're going through it, we're going to talk about the old patterns and how we used to handle a transition like this because yeah. this isn't our first time going through something like in this in the new reprogramming of our yeah. mind and our new call to action that we're using to handle the situation to make it a much more easy experience call to action i like that yeah and and to document it i mean personally it's kind of cool i just thought of is like and document it in real time as it's happening because man i've never felt so right. confident 
and empowered. So I'm excited to see you know this transition play out. And that's what we want to talk about today is what perspective helps you go through scary changes like this. Um, you know whether it's a money setback or it's a relationship setback or uh, whatever your life may be. It's how do you face the fear and doubt ultimately because the your sense of self, your ego, your mind will panic. And it thinks oh, yeah. ultimately that like, I'm going to die. You know, even if it's like a relationship breakup out of nowhere, your mind is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Because the mind is, a, is so attached to being in control. And basically what happens is when, it, when life reveals that it's not in control, the mind's not in control, it panics and thinks, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like my life is over is kind of what it feels like, right? And any of you that have been through a big sudden transition without your mind's knowledge and control right now if you control the change that that you know is different when it just happens to you it's sudden that's when it really is very interesting yeah it doesn't feel good doesn't feel good my immediate thought habits and patterns Mm -hmm. are to feel very helpless Mm -hmm. and vulnerable immediately i just feel like i'm so helpless there's nothing i can do to make this better Mm -hmm. everything is ruined is like a thought that comes Mm -hmm. up everything is ruined Nothing is working out. Um, I think about usually like the worst case scenario. It's like my mind doesn't even like play around with like the mediocre scenario of how this could, it goes straight to like the worst case scenario. Yeah, I think that's just what our mind does. Yeah, and that's that's my thought pattern. So what what we really want to tell you guys to become self-aware of is when... Um, really scary things happen or unexpected events happen. Where Where's your thought pattern? Where does it lie? Because mine personally was to go to the worst case scenario and mm-hmm. to replay all of these scenarios in my head mm-hmm. to convince myself how crappy my situation is. It's like are. I want to <laughs> reinforce it or something. Right. It's like validating how screwed you are. Right. So then I'll spend hours or days or weeks in this uh like mindset of worst case scenario and fear until i'm just really embodying a very low frequency and 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 what happens in this case scenario is that my outer experience has now taken control over my inner experience totally and that is how we become a victim right we we have allowed our outer world to control our inner world when they're actually um, maybe the other way around. So, right. right. And to take it even further, you know, when you when you have a perception in your mind, when you have a thought pattern, your mind does this interesting thing where it seeks validation for what it's thinking. So, if we get caught up into a negative thought pattern of of fear and panic, the mind will look at the exact same situations that say an optimistic person would look at and the fearful person sees everything wrong with it. Mm -hmm. The optimistic person looks at the exact same scenario. Okay. Let's say it's like Ashley and I, and we're literally, we share the exact same circumstance and you know, we're connected in that like my finances affect her finance. So it's not even two separate people. It's like two people that are sharing the same life experience. And if the optimistic person, they see on the other hand, they see benefits, they see opportunities, they see, no, they, they see the world without fear. So it's not the world that has the ability to control us. It's not the circumstance that has the power. And this is one of the biggest 
mistakes of uh, humanity in a sense is we give our power away to the external circumstances. And this is why there's so much suffering in the world and, and sense of powerlessness. Because we think we have no control. Yeah. And we and, actually... And we don't, you know, and, and we don't have control of the outer yeah, world. and that's the we actually have all the control of our All the control, world. which is actually all that matters. And that is essentially what the inner work is. And that's the inner work, going so, within and looking at that. Before this situation came up, um, we're, we're pretty cool, calm, and collected right now. Like we're, yeah. we're pretty much in we, a state of crisis. We got through it. We, we processed it pretty quickly. Yeah. Ashley cried for like 20 minutes and then we moved on. Like that's a record. It used to be months. Yeah. So we're in a state of crisis right now, but we're pretty much able to handle this with our new inner work I'm perspective. pretty jacked. But it actually. has taken practice Yeah. because, um, in the past we've had, just as large of life crises mm -hmm. happened to us. Um, Honestly, a little more frightening even, it seems. Yeah, so one of the big, one of the large ones was um, I opened my very first physical brick and mortar yoga studio mm -hmm. when I was 25. Yeah, and we were what, six I, months into our relationship? We were six months like into we getting were, married. We were so I just purchased going for it. a franchise, you guys, at mm -hmm. 25 years old. And um, my parents... That's With your parents' like yeah, my, mortgage. My parents put their <laughs> home on a credit line. Mm -hmm. I had saved a good portion of the money and then they basically met whatever I had saved and I opened up I a franchise. I think they like doubled it though. So it yes. was a lot. It was... A huge right it was very scary investment. and um i'm 25 and i have no business experience <laughs> yeah, we, I've, I've, i didn't even study we were business rookies. in school i um asian studies i studied asian <laughs> studies i studied like yoga basically. philosophy of uh eastern religions and um yeah, and I was a psychology major. Yeah, I didn't, we had I didn't no have an MBA or anything. So here we are, six months into yeah. our relationship, opening a business, you guys, I taking her parents' money. I signed a five-year lease on a commercial With property, a personal guarantee. With a personal guarantee. So if I didn't pay the rent on this building, they, they could, could garnish her wages. Garnish, well, I didn't even have any wages because I wasn't making money off the studio. So it was, mm. it was very terrifying. And um, it came to a point where um, me and my business partner were under so much pressure and stress from mm -hmm. this situation that we had put ourselves into financially that, you know, we couldn't even, we couldn't see eye to eye or come together as a team. And I had to make the decision to leave this business, like pull out and take a huge financial risk. And, um, well, and we knew we needed to get out. We knew we needed to get out because we were and losing money. And it was money. terrifying. It was just so scary. And I and, didn't have any... Just think about up. having think about having a massive loan of your parents, like on their house. It was so scary. that was super stressful. So that was like one situation, mm -hmm. and but then we we got through that. That was rough, though. You that guys. was this was the very beginning. <laughs> you don't think we learned our lesson? You you would think we would learn our lesson, but we mm -hmm. didn't because then we were like, "Ooh, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's just go do it again. Yeah, so. bigger and better, <laughs> and, and, and more expensive. Yeah. So uh, we left that business, and then you know we ended up getting ourselves into another situation where mm -hmm. we did the exact same thing. We got ourselves into another studio. Opened another huge. Studio. Wasn't making any money, um, just a lot of risk involved. And, and you know, the, the other thing too about how we see control and why this was so daunting is it's not only that like you know we opened a business and had to leave it. That that alone is like sad and, and a lot of brings up a lot of emotions. But the point also was that this is like what we thought we would do for With the rest lives. of our lives. 
we had had a whole life plan based around it. It was terrifying. So that I think is really important to point out of like, we were going to retire off this. You know what I'm saying? Like we were going to own these studios forever. That was our plan. And so that was even more scary because we were like, oh, geez, what are we going to do with our life now? Yeah. So when this first one happened, um, we were in the very beginning stages of inner work. And like we had told you in our very first podcast uh, that we almost got divorced. That was during all of this. That was like during our honey. We never had a honeymoon phase. No. We went straight into hardcore business together, right into big stress, right into commitment that like we weren't even married and we opened that together and we were sharing finances. Oh, so we merged our bank accounts. Like three months in. Three months into our relationship. And then I, you know, took out the slow. People are, there's a lot of people that are married that don't even share money. Yeah. So point is, is that we've, and that's just, those are just two examples. There's plenty mm-hmm. more. There's a lot of leaps of faith. But uh, we, we're, we've been in extremely risky situations that have crippled us in mm-hmm. fear. Like literally where I yeah. am in a fetal position. Yeah. And, we, and it's crying. funny. That it's interesting to point out to you. Notice how you react to it. Because see me, I get pretty angry. That's my defense mechanism. And I get like really intense. Ashley will like feel so vulnerable and like curl up into a ball like she said like fetal position i shut down i can't move i can't talk to i am crippled Mm -hmm. and i get like angry at life or whoever was involved and yeah matthew gets heated i get so primal and like violent yeah i get so intense about it and i think that that might that might be a masculine feminine reaction but um you know it's just interesting to point out it's it's important the reason why i say this because to notice how you respond and react so that you can pay attention when it comes up you can't heal or make progress in your approach unless you're self-aware about where where your starting point is because i know for doing inner work my starting point was a like frequency of helplessness Mm -hmm. and um being emotionally physically crippled and And so and yours is rage so where do we go from there because uh what happens to us when we're operating from this Mm -hmm. point in state and um i have i come from a family that is not like the wealthiest right like they're you know middle class or a struggling middle class and um being fearful around money and getting keeping a job has been something that's been in my um upbringing my whole Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. so i think maybe a lot of the way i react comes from programming of seeing how my family reacts to worldly situations like they're afraid you know they're afraid that they're not gonna have enough money they're not gonna make it they're gonna lose their jobs uh they're situations are reliant on other people and it makes them feel helpless so like that's my immediate go-to totally yeah and when when we're operating from these programs and patterns what do they do for us because what that does for me is pretty much freaking nothing you guys like that does nothing Mm. for me it does not help me to stay in this program it does nothing for me it it actually just puts me in a place where I create more problems. Well, yeah, for I was gonna say you start, you actually start making choices from that yeah. energy. So yours is helplessness. So you start making more helpless decisions, yeah. where you put yourself into more and more helpless situations. So you know it makes it worse and worse. And it's really interesting that you point that out because um, you're right. Like your family, uh, you know, our families are different, and so I don't have the same helpless feeling because I 
was raised different. I always feel like I'm capable, but I get really mad. And I'm seeing that now is because I feel like somehow I was slighted. And I think that maybe that's, you know, you have a competitive nature. Yeah. And that's because my dad was super competitive. You know, I could dig into that for a minute, but I think ultimately, you know, the point is, is my family is really competitive. And so I think I get really pissed that someone beat me and I'm like, what, how did this happen? And I get so mad. But the point is, is that then I make decisions from a really vengeful, angry Mm -hmm. place. And when I do that, I get myself into situations that I shouldn't be in. And, and likewise, I start creating my life from a place of rage and anger and, and vengeance or com- competition. And, you know, I get myself into scenarios that I shouldn't be in, like, you know, what's happening right now. And ultimately, that was probably had some competitive things going on within it. You know, I'd, I'm going to have to keep digging into that. Right. So and so our... we have to change that yes, frequency. Yes, because... Our immediate belief system for most people on this planet is that when something isn't going right, you mm-hmm. have to fix the outer circumstance. We think that when something is going on in our lives, yeah. the immediate thing is like, I need to oh go. Oh my gosh, I got to fix it. I got to go out there and I got to do something about it and I got to fix it and I got to figure it out. And we put all of our focus and attention on external happenings. Yeah. So if it's a job, if it's money, if it's... A person it's like all of our focus goes out there on them and on that right totally. and what we've just realized is guess what you don't have control of usually the external the world. external world because it's always changing we have a delusion because we think everything is permanent if you have something in your life you just assume it's always going to be there mm-hmm. that is the farthest thing from the truth yeah. if you have something in your life you can guarantee someday it's not going to be there yeah Um, part of yoga, I read a beautiful quote from someone who I consider one of my teachers, but she doesn't know it. And she said, uh, yoga isn't, um, everybody thinks yoga is about doing the perfect triangle pose and yoga is actually about accepting death and change. Mm. And (laughs) we do yoga so that we can become really close to death and really close to change. And when I say death, I really just mean like the death of anything, the death of a person, the death of yourself, the death of the ego, the death of experiences, of money, of situations. Everything will change. Everything will pass. Everything will pass. And the practice of yoga, even on the mat, as you've seen it as physical postures and breathing, is actually just practice for you to get really close to death and to change so that when you're in a situation like we're in in right now in discomfort yeah thank you yes discomfort discomfort is really my biggest thing because the the mind it doesn't face and change it's these beliefs because the discomfort it wants to avoid being uncomfortable right you should never be uncomfortable you should always be comfortable like Mm -hmm. so yoga is really a practice for you to come into this experience like we're in right now where everything like changes and it seems like it's dying and it's Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable and then us to lean into that discomfort and to stay at peace within breathing and i mean that's the yoga practice it's a simulator for this that's why the poses are so uncomfortable sometimes (laughs) it's a practice to stay present with what is happening so whether it's a really extreme high and everything's going our way, we're not attached to that. And when things are going the exact opposite and they're really, really low and like everything's a mess, we're not attached mm-hmm. to that either. It's just being in a state of witnessing and just being like, wow, and that's what's happening now. And yeah. that's what's happening now. And not being clinging 
to uh, the good things Don't and not avoiding and, and not pushing avoiding away. The lows. Yes, and uh, that's that's why we're not uh, content with our lives is because we're either clinging to everything being good has mm-hmm. to stay forever, or we're avoiding and pushing away everything that's bad, right? And there's so much energy and effort going into that, into clinging and into pushing away and clinging and pushing away. And it's like, just be with what is. This is just what's happening. So that's a true, you know, reason for practice, for for yoga and um, for doing all of these. All the inner work. Uh, yes, exactly. And so, you know, when we're in these, these situations, we work to reprogram by noticing and becoming aware of the discomfort noticing how we react you know we both went through our process i got angry i felt a lot of regret um ashley you know got scared and felt vulnerable and then we say okay and instead of trying to rush out you know and change the external world for a second there i did i was like oh my gosh i gotta go uh into town let me go find a job let me go do this let me do this and it was like wait 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 that is not the answer right now. And That's the instead, we were, I'm pretty proud of how we're handling this right now because instead it was like, hey, you need to go sit down, close your eyes, and get your energy right. Mm-hmm. You need to get your frequency right because any decision you make right now, you're going to screw yourself more because you're making it from a place of being all messed up. So instead, what did we do? We, and you don't even sometimes need to make a decision because when exactly. you're in the right state of being, you actually work, see that it might be okay. All the decisions and all of the answers reveal themselves to you. Exactly. And I always like to think about meditation and the silence as you tuning in, like yeah. you're a receptor, like Let you're a radio receptor, you. and you're just tuning in to all of the truth that's floating around you. Because yeah. when you're, we all have access to all the answers and all the solutions mm-hmm. at all times. And, um, you know, it's funny in the book, the inner work that we're writing right now, I, when you said that, it was so funny because I actually have a big section on that. We have a section on where it says your mind is an antenna. It is a receiver and all the thoughts are available. It's, we have to, we have to prepare ourselves for the thoughts. We have to tune into that radio station. So if there was a radio station called solution radio, like you have to tune your frequency to it. And then just like a radio station, when you turn the dial to it, suddenly you start hearing the, the, the songs. But when right? you're too busy thinking, and if you're on the wrong frequency, if you're on a fear frequency, you're only going to tune into the fearful thoughts. Yeah. And when the mind is busy, 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 it's almost like this, like, it's almost like when you want to pray to God when something's going really wrong, right? But all you do is talk, God, please this, please that. And you're just like praying, praying, praying. And it's like, will you just shut up and listen and let God talk to you? <laughs> let me give you the answer. Yeah, you're not giving me the opportunity to talk you're just, because you're, you're, only asking you're questions. just talking. Yeah. And it's almost like the brain does that. It's coming up with all kinds of solutions, scenarios. And it's like, will you just get quiet and wait for what's mm-hmm. next? Because if you would just get quiet, yeah. you would see perfectly what to do next and see how you you actually have no reason to be afraid. Totally. And so, you know, optimism is really the only choice that makes any sense. There is this hopeful, you know, no matter what any skeptic can tell you, there really is just no other way to live because if you stay open and you stay optimistic and we stay courageous and we trust and have faith, there, nothing can defeat that. This is what's beautiful is when you know how the mind works, it's like, uh, I, I love this stuff, you know, obviously, but it's like, you could hack it, man. You can, you can use the mind's processes against it, okay? 
So for example, what I mean by this is ultimately fear comes from the mind trying to predict the future. Mm -hmm. If you really think about what fear is, we said earlier, it's imagining the worst case scenarios. Well, the first word is what was key, imagining. It is not real and it is not actually happening. So the mind is projecting to a future that does not exist. And so when you know this, you can use that against it by, well, if the future doesn't technically exist yet, then I can paint whatever future I want because ultimately it actually doesn't matter. So I can believe in a future that is going to work out better and that it's going to be work out for my benefit and that everything's going to be okay and that I'm going to be stronger, smarter, more uh, diverse, more um, adapted, adaptive to, you know, from this, I'm going to be wiser. And when I paint a future that is hopeful, suddenly the mind can't refute that either. Okay. Because the mind can't, it's ultimately not real either way. So I might as well paint a picture that is going to work out. And, and the reason why this is important is because it changes me now. Okay. It makes all the difference in the now. In this current moment, suddenly my experience is hopeful and is positive. And here's what I would submit to really ponder is whatever pattern of thought you are feeding your future, that is where you are technically like self-fulfilling prophecy. You are projecting yourself too. If you keep painting a fearful picture in your future, then you will make decisions to lead you there kind of a thing. If you see an optimistic, positive future, you will guide yourself there. So you dive into the inner world of paying attention to what it is you are painting. What what vision of the future do you have? And then it changes your frequency now, which is all the proof you need that you then will start moving towards that. And that's kind of how we dealt with this is you we face the fear, we face the doubt, And then we said, okay, but I don't want to believe that. I don't have to believe it. It is just a choice and I can change it. That's the power of the mind. And that's the beauty of reprogramming because the original program came from our childhood. It comes from, like Ashley was saying, like it comes from our beliefs that we were were inherited. And then we just reinforced it over the course of our life. But as we become more mature and self-aware, we can start to do the inner work. This allows us to reprogram and change our beliefs, our perspectives, and then we change our entire lives. We become a completely different person. Yeah, because this is the quality of our lives we're talking about Mm -hmm. in every moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the only moment that exists is now. And so by changing this imaginary vision of the future, I change right now. I, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. Because your life and is just whether, a compilation of moments to moments. Totally. And here's the big kicker is, even if that hopeful future doesn't play out, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because my moment now, you know, every now moment, you know, moment to moment is always good. Right. It's always positive, which is the only moment that ever exists, actually. So <laughs> it doesn't even matter if yeah. it plays out. So that's the irony to any skeptic who's like, oh, well, that's not true. Because the mind obviously wants to refute this because it wants to stay in its programmed behavior. So ultimately, you know, you have to understand that resistance is going to be natural, you guys. We need to kind of say that up front, like expect the mind to resist it because ultimately you're saying, 
you know, you're going against what it wants to believe. And you're saying, no, 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 it actually doesn't matter. Whether it plays out or not, I'm still happier now. I am still more positive now and optimistic. So why would I not want that? Right. Everything is working out for my benefit. <laughs> that makes me empowered now. That makes me calm now. That makes me centered and peaceful. And it makes me have access to ideas that otherwise wouldn't be there if I wasn't open to receiving them, like Ashley pointed yeah. out earlier. And um, something that might be going on is like in your head is, well, that's easier said than done. That's a really nice idea of how I should live my life, but uh, I don't really know how to get there. I don't know how to do that. And what the, the thing that I love so much about yoga is yoga is a technology in a system for developing inner contentment. That's for returning to inner contentment, mm-hmm. for, for being, you know, this divine being that we already are. Mm-hmm. It's a system, a technology that you can use and apply. It actually has practical application. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not think- just an idea. And the practical application in the yoga is um, abhyasa in vairagyabhyam. And um, those two words are in the yoga sutras as the practical application to do what we're talking about. How do you live this way? How do you how do you live in every moment and how do you let go of this future projecting? Mm-hmm. How do you operate in the now when things are not good without being fearful of the future and to be present with what is and uh, not cling to you and know everything? And also when being... things are really good, how do you continue to participate without fearing that you're going to lose it? Lose, yeah, yeah, how do you how do you basically live life? <laughs> this is really right. what the yoga yoga is practical application for. And yep. those words abhyasa and vairagyabhyam and abhyasa is really our Discipline to trying mm-hmm. our, Applying our effort. 100% effort. Participate in the world. Yeah, it's like Abiyasa is do your very best. Like mm-hmm. don't, don't, how do I say this? Don't, um, don't give not up. Don't participate. Don't uh, d- be doubtful. Right. Just go into whatever situation it is. Even if and it's washing a dish. Wash right. that dish with the utmost uh, detail. Like give all of your effort to... Be fully present. Be fully present with what you're doing. Yeah. If it's work... And don't resist it. If it, Yeah, don't resist it. If it's work and you, you know, you're... you like, oh, I'm tired of working on right, one work. Maybe you clean houses for a living. It's like show up and clean those houses with utmost devotion and gratitude yeah. and, and effort. And ultimately, you know, the yogis would say, do everything as if it's a devotion to God. Yeah, yeah, totally. As if it's a prayer. No matter what it is. And then the other word is vairagya. And that is to let go of what happened next from your effort. Let non-attachment. go. Non-attachment. Let go of the merit. Let go of Of the results. The results. Mm -hmm. So it says in Yoga Sutras, the application is to have equal amounts of both. Equal amounts abhyasa effort Mm -hmm. and equal amounts vairagyabhyam detachment. So So in simplest way, I think that I can word it is, is try your absolute best at everything that you do. But let go of needing of the anything results. from it. Don't do anything for a goal. Do Just everything with intention. Do everything with intention of doing the very best that you can, and that is it. So you're not trying to get anything out of it. And it might seem counterintuitive to our Western world, but 
this is the science of self-realization. This is the science of yoga. This is the liberated life that we can live. And now here's the funny thing. If you're applying all effort, 100% completely devoted in the present, but you are released from the, the results, ironically, check this out. You ready for it? You actually are far more successful than if you were obsessing about achieving a certain goal. And here's why. is because when we work for an external goal and we are attached to the results, we are therefore vulnerable. We will suffer because we are seeking a particular result that may or may not come about, which and means it can control change. our mood. Yeah, and it will change. So it can inevitably control us. So that actually is a vulnerability. Whereas... If we just participate to participate without the result necessary, all we come and show up to do is to apply 100% effort. Ironically, because that is the only thing you can control, suddenly you are no longer vulnerable because at all times you are always doing your very best, which means at all times you are always peaceful, centered, mm -hmm. and calm because no one can actually control you. Because let's say, for example, you're playing a sport. It's an easy example that just came to me. It's not about winning. It's just playing your absolute best. And if you win, you win. Okay, cool. But there'll be other days when you might lose. So if you lose, you lose. It's just being it's just with playing. And and think about the person who just plays. Like think of a child before they get they're competitive. They're the happiest. They're just stoked. Whether they win or lose, they're just like, right on, man. That was so much fun. Oh man, you you got me on that one. That was yeah. great. You know. But the kid. Think about the kid who gets competitive. This was me. And and when they lose, they're pissed. Right. And they have totally a negative attached. experience. Now that applies to all western culture i didn't get the raise i didn't get the promotion oh oh my job laid me off you know yeah. like or this or that and that person now grows into adulthood being completely controlled by the results of the game of the game so the next thing that it says in yoga sutras after this is of course it's like okay so do everything with all of your effort and be completely unattached to results and it's like for how long and basically the answer it says is forever for all time and eternity mm -hmm. you must it's an eternal concept you must practice with all of your effort without break it says without break do this without break give everything you can without break and be completely unattached and um something else there's another quote that says yoga is uh 1% theory and 99% practice and it's because we're telling you the philosophy right now but it doesn't matter if you know it because this is the work. This is the inner work. The mm -hmm. practice is the yoga. The applying these lessons into your actual life is the yoga. And uh, we often hear these types of philosophies applied to doing physical yoga. Mm -hmm. Like practice, do your down dog, do your sun salutes, right? Mm -hmm. And then be unattached to the results of achieving anything. And it's like, that's great. But to me the asana is a simulation for you to practice these concepts to apply into your actual life. Because if they're not applicable into actual life, they actually Then you're just exercising. Yeah. yeah, they're useless. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything because asana is not your life. The, the, the asana 
do your down dog with all of your effort. Do your that's, sun salutes. That's go to your job with all that's, your effort. Yes, that's it's practice Love for your this. spouse. That's take care of your kids. That's yes, if you can do it in pay your taxes. Asana it's practice. like do all this stuff of life yes. that we normally want to resist right. and be present with it. If you're doing it on your mat and you're obsessed with getting handstand and you're doing all of this and mm-hmm. well, and it's like, then, that's like chasing a promotion your whole life or right. a certain amount of money. You're or, not. You're missing the point because mm-hmm. it's it's not really about that. It's apply these teachings that you're practicing in asana into life Mm -hmm. because that is a simulator for you to be able to do it now in crisis that me and Matthew are in. Yoga is a living practice. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And what's interesting is if you look on any of our accounts, there's not a lot of yoga postures and we're the yoga couple. And I think sometimes that confuses people because there's so <laughs> much like yoga posture on social media. And we're over here Why aren't you guys handstanding it up and yeah. doing all these this crazy poses? This is why, because this, this is yoga. Yoga is lifestyle. It's and practice. the asana is just a tiny, tiny portion of that for us to, you know, there's many reasons for it, but moving energy and, and practicing, you know, this application. Mm-hmm. Staying and, healthy for meditation it's this is the practice so Mm -hmm. how long should you do this forever Forever. and ever and ever without break and all of time and eternity because this is the divine lila this is the play and it is like we said you know earlier it is the most liberating it is the most positive perspective and to take it a step further here's kind of the next thing too to add to it is um, something i love to always just come to is that everything in my life is always working out for my benefit Every change, every transition, every seeming setback is always actually only improving. And we did, a, we did a pretty good job at this time, kind of snapping out of this quick and saying, you know what? This is a good thing we should celebrate. Yeah, and I say, I and, like this one. I got this from... Um, even celebrated last night. So within one day, that's good. So within the same day, like last night, we were like, hey, 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 we need to celebrate. This yeah. is going to be positive. It's going to be okay. And we need to apply this like here and now. I mean, that's a pretty good turnaround. Ooh, like another, just a few hours. One so. that I had picked up, some some mantra to apply to my life that I, I heard somewhere and now I'm like always doing it is what else is possible? Totally. It's just staying open. Instead of me trying to figure it out, I'm like asking the universe. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, what else yeah. is possible? What else can you Show me. me. How I'm much open. better can it get? How because much better can it get? I'm ironically, it. we will never see how much better it can get without change. Even if it's even if what's coming for us is better, we still fear the change because it's no longer familiar and it's the unknown. Yeah. But here's the trick we use for that, okay? Is uh, I think Steve Jobs said this in like one of his last like big speeches to like a university or something and it's really core it's really the truth is you cannot connect the dots looking forward you can only connect the dots looking backwards and this was in you know reference to him dropping out of college and him you know eventually starting apple and all this stuff and how um he would if he never would have taken like that calligraphy uh, what is it calligraphy is that I don't know. okay i might be botching that word i'm sorry but anyway he's taking this calligraphy is when you draw yeah he actually that's what he was taking and for some reason that i forget the whole story but that ended up dropping him into an inspiration to start apple and to do all that so anyway um you know here we have this we all know obviously apple being one of the wealthiest businesses in the world and all from seeming failures all from what he really could have seen and a lot of his friends in the world would have looked at and said you're messing your life up man like you're failing. And in the same way, we know with an absolute assurity, and this is kind of where all this, you know, like for me, my conviction and my faith has built from is that we have gone through 
massive transitions with these businesses we mentioned with some serious like life fears and career changes i mean it's like every year we're changing like okay now we're a whole new career path like holy crap you know jeez i mean i would grow up wanting to be a doctor we have gone through so many transitions and changes it has been crazy all the leaps of faith we've both taken in our separate lives and every time it's always better yeah it always every time and then i go and then you know a year from now a couple months from now maybe a week from now we're gonna go oh that's why that happened that's why we went through that and if you connect those dots if you take the time to look back and see how every trial every setback no matter how intense or negative it seemed at the time made you who you are today made you stronger made you wiser, made you a more powerful being in being who you are in, in accepting your power and that you are guided and that everything is improving and working. And the practices is to start to look back and see those dots in the moment of crisis. Right. Like so right it's now, not when like everything ends up working out because mm-hmm. it will. And that's then, just, that's just a practice to help you build the faith. Right. We need to actually do this in the heat of the moment. We need yeah. to look back and be like, everything always worked out for my benefit. Yeah. And it's doing that it's right now. It's still doing it. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's still doing yeah. that. I have to trust that it is still doing that. And like we said, you cannot, the mind can technically not refute optimism. Okay, because optimism is based off an imaginary future, but so is fear. Haha, <laughs> right? Like we said, this is like a mind hack. It, it, it doesn't really actually matter. So we use this optimism that everything will, is actually only working out for our benefit. And this is the most optimal perspective and approach to life. It honestly yeah. is because there's no way there's no other way to predict the future there's no so other way why not so why not live happy completely and project this and optimistic I just future want to throw this in here is that the inner work and yoga's purpose is to liberate us as they call it in yoga they say it's moksha it's ultimate liberation or the and liberation mukti. from the, fear yeah the, ultimately the from being fear. that is awake and free from fear while still being in a body right the point of all of this is that you become a liberated being from your own shackles because mm-hmm. the outer world doesn't shackle you. You shackle yourself with your own fears. And it's all inside. It's all it's inside. All so the liberated world. being can have any situation going on outside mm-hmm. and still be at peace, still be happy, mm-hmm. still be faith, have faith and hope mm-hmm. and love and freedom inside of themselves no matter what or where mm-hmm. they are in their journey because yeah. it's all a choice from within. That is a true liberated being. The people who can do this are the most liberated people on the planet. Yeah, That's why we do inner work. That's why we do yoga. That's what it's all about is you liberating yourself from the confines of your own mind. Yeah, it's all the inner and world. And we like to look at Jesus as one of the like ultim- ultimate well, yogis. The pinnacle example of this. Yeah, because he, he demonstrated this in a multiple moments, but yeah, in like the go- moment godly perspective of, of getting persecuted, hung and, on a cross, getting killed, mm-hmm. and his external situation, you guys, like this is the worst. Yeah, and he's staying in a state of grace of I forgive you because you you know not what, what you're you do. doing. You don't understand and the, I the trust consequences God. of your choices right now. And I trust that this is all how it's supposed to be. And look at how his death became the most 
powerful lesson his, to all humanity. Let's look at his motive because his motive wasn't necessarily to live a happy life. His motive was to spread his teachings to the entire planet. That was mm-hmm. his motive. And uh, in his death was the very thing that accomplished his motive. Exactly. It had to happen for his teachings to, to spread. To be so powerful. And exactly. he had the utmost faith at his death knowing this must be this must you know whatever this, is, this must be what, what did you he say whatever like whatever your will right mm-hmm. father like whatever your will may be you right, know be right. it yeah, so be surrender it. his will yeah exactly. and he knew that will be done your, your will mm-hmm. be done whatever needs to happen father mm-hmm. shall happen because i have faith that it is for the motive which was spreading his teachings throughout mm-hmm. the entire planet mm-hmm. which it did yeah. And it's like, can you be in that moment of ultimate persecution or whatever it is in your life? Yeah, ultimate change ultimate is change. more uh, applicable, I think. Like, um, plot twist, right? Like, this is not what I had mm-hmm. planned, but this is what's happening. And stay in that mindset of ultimate faith. And there's no better way to live your life. And that is the true liberated being, the person who can do this despite whatever it looks like outside. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to is living a life of faith. And, you know, there's just no other way to go about it. There's nothing that will make us feel that free and that powerful, no matter what is going on. Perfect. Mm. So good. And I'm so glad we did this podcast today as we're going through it, because I'm going to listen to this podcast (laughs) to help myself. Uh, if I ever start to feel doubtful yeah. throughout the next couple of days or weeks. And I want to be able to look back and be proud that we did it and yeah. said what we said because we're going to be like, yes, it did work out. Because it always and, does. And guess what, guys? You know, we'll do a podcast in the future as soon as we see how all this click, click, clicked. And we'll be like, hey, remember that one podcast we made telling you how it was going to work out? Yeah. And now, then here we'll, we are. And we'll prove it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so do your inner work, guys. Uh, no matter what you're going through in your life, use these tools. Think about think about these things. Think about abhyasa and vairagya. Think about what you cling to and what you try to push away. See if you can challenge yourself to just be present with change with the utmost faith and optimism and see how it starts to transform your life. We'd love to hear uh, how you're applying this and what is doing for you. We have a private Facebook group. It's called the Inner Work Community on Facebook. And we really just created this group because we wanted to open up the conversations for these teachings so that you guys could talk and share your stories, reach out for help and advice, and do this together because we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Everything is working out for our benefit. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.